And you can get up and walk over there and eat more if you want. I don't care. So feel free to. It's kind of nice. Um, next week, we are going back to um, Ephesians. Uh, we've, we started that in February. Um, if you're visiting today, we usually move through stuff. We try to do stuff verse by verse and move through some books. So we've been in, in Ephesians. We started in February. We've been on a break from that for a while. Um, we'll go back next week. I think we're somewhere in Chapter 5. Um, I will figure it out tomorrow. And we um, actually we're, we just hit that part about submission, so that's where we pick up um, next uh, a week from tonight. Um, and we will be in Ephesians through about the middle of November, and we will wrap that up um, at that time. Tonight's a little different. Um, we are wrapping up our series on values, so um, I am more doing a, a a little talk rather than a teaching a bit. We're kind of just pulling things together. The, kind of the answering, so what, what, what goes on with the values and things? So um, tonight will be a little different. I'm going to um, kind of try to get us to um, what is God calling us to? What's he already doing in our midst? Um, looking at these five values, what difference do they make? What do we do with them as we move forward? So um, we're going to be doing that um, tonight. Um, about, I came around, I, came, I was in Michigan for a couple of weeks, and I came back, and I went, my dad's got a little blue car I have, and I went to go start up the car, and I got in, it was just like dead. It was clicked, you know, it didn't click. It just was like nothing at all. So I pulled up their car and um, opened up his trunk. His, the, the battery's in the trunk in like a little um, plastic bucket of some sort. So I opened that thing up and tried to jump it. And it just started kind of like it was going to, but it wasn't going to go. So it was totally dead. Do I need to back this up, Terry? I'm okay? Um, so I, I, did, I had um, a pair of jeans on, and I undid the battery, and I pulled it out. And I carried it over to my Jeep, and I dropped it in the back of my Jeep, and I thought, I'll take it over to O'Reilly, and they can check it out um, and then figure out what's going on. And I went back to close the car, and I noticed in the bottom of the box it was, like, all wet. So I thought, oh, it got rained in here. That's what happened. So I got a bunch of towels and started mopping it all up, and I was, this doesn't smell like water, you know? And um, it was, like, battery acid. I mean, so I'm not even thinking about it. I'm just wiping it all up, and I got it all clean, and I thought, that's not good, and I threw it in the garbage and um, didn't think anything about it. So um, a few days later, actually, Ryan and I were um, up in my office talking, and um, I, I fidget a lot. So we're talking, and I'm fidgeting like I usually do, and I, my jeans kind of felt weird in one spot, so I was kind of like, this jean feels like weird. And I'm, I'm scratching, it's like a dry spot, and all of a sudden I go, Ryan, man, look at, there's like this hole in my jeans, and it, was like, it, it wasn't like it ripped, it just it disintegrated. There was like this little disintegration, like, that's weird. And then I start looking at the bottom of my pants, like these little kind of discolored spots, I start poking at them, and like making, like this, the jeans just went, psh, psh, just like going all over the place. So I, I threw them in the laundry, I actually wore those pants yesterday, they were just, there are holes everywhere, and they're like my favorite jeans. It was like, oh, man. So anyways, um, in between there, I, a couple days later, I went to drop the battery off at O'Reilly, and I had my, I have two pair of shorts. One's got paint on it, and one doesn't. And the ones that don't are nice. So I, I, I'm not even thinking about it. I, I haul the battery out of the Jeep. I carry it into O'Reilly. They check it. They say your battery's no good. They give me a new one. I put it in. And don't think anything about it. The shorts are dirty. I throw them in the laundry. I came down here to build this wood thing, you know, what was it, a couple weeks ago. And I came on a Thursday evening. The young wives, gals, the teen moms meet here. And I'm wearing these shorts. And I'd been to Home Depot. I'd been to Lowe's. And I'd been to the grocery store. And I'm getting out of my Jeep here. And I got boards. And when I'm going to have my, my little backpack thing, and I'm walking along, and I look down, and I'm going, my boxer shorts are, like, hanging out in front of me. And I look down, and the front of my shorts is completely gone. It was just, there's nothing there. And I have this T-shirt on, and I'm like, 
And uh, Andrew, who runs Young Lives, is coming to the door going, Hi, Pastor Chris. And I'm like, duh. And I'm pulling my, the bag down. And I'm, I'm talking to her like this, like nothing's wrong. And I, I'm out there building this thing with just doing this the whole time, you know. And I, I thought, all of a sudden I thought, man, I went to Home Depot. I went to, I went to Lowe's. I thought, you know, that's like, that's what old men do. They walk around like that, don't even realize it. I'm an old man. I can't believe it. So those shorts are gone. It was just it was embarrassing and um, revealing. So it's amazing how um, we can we can move through life individually, and we can move through our church life as a congregation, and never stop and assess. So where's what's God doing? Where's He at work? Where do we see Him doing these great things? Where are some just these gaping holes where? You know what? God's been wanting to do something here, and we're just not getting it. And if we were just to stop and look long enough, we'd go, wow, we need to do something here. This is, this is something that needs work. And the values are like that, because we can, we can move through life and never, ever stop and pay attention. And part of the purpose, as we talk about these values tonight, is they help us to stop and look at what God wants to do, his heart for his church, and not only see what he's doing, but actually pay attention long enough and look close enough to recognize, boy, there's some holes here. There's things that God wants to do. There's things that we need to shore up. There's things that we need to stitch together, however you want to look at it, um, that if we weren't to stop and look, we just kind of move through and thinking everything's fine, and things aren't always fine. God wants to do more. He's always pressing us to more things. And so we want to take a, kind of do that kind of look at things um, tonight, to frequently take a look again at our call, our mission, our values, to rejoice in them, to review them, to refresh in them, to, to seek ways to correct them, um, as we take some fresh steps and move forward. So let me pray for that, and then I'm going to share out of Luke chapter 4. Father, thank you for establishing our purposes, for uh, declaring our mission, for beginning to formulate our, our vision for down the road, for giving um, guidelines and, and ways to look to keep us on track and to help us to pay attention to what your heart is for ourselves, for our church, and for our neighborhood. And give us eyes to see um, both the great things that are going on and things that you want to step in and want to do something, because that's exciting as well as we walk forward. So show us that um, beginning tonight, but in each day in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and uh, Luke, open up to Luke chapter 4. I'm going to begin with verse 16. I'm actually going to read the story, then we'll walk through and tell it a little bit. Um, as believers, we're part of the kingdom of God. We talked about that in the book of Revelation. We've looked at that a little bit in Ephesians. Jesus came and said, the kingdom of God is here. It is in your midst. And we went through Revelation. We had a little bit of discussion about, so what does that mean? Is it all here now? Is it partly here, partly down the road? We discovered that we all had some different views about that. But you can't get around the fact Jesus said the kingdom of God is here. It's right in your midst, Jesus declared when he came, referring to himself and his things. So we live and operate by kingdom values and God's own missional um, layout of what he wants to do. And Jesus actually offers that in the book of uh, Luke, chapter 4. And we know the story. He's been in the desert being tempted. He comes to his own hometown, and he enters into the synagogue, and it's his turn he gets to read the scripture. As a, as a teacher, he would um, sit down and be read, and then he would stand up, um, or stand up in reading, and then he would sit down um, to begin to share about it. So this is what it says. Jesus um, returned to Galilee, this is verse 14, and the power of the Spirit, news about him was spreading throughout the surrounding districts. He began to preach in the synagogues and was praised by all. Verse 16, he came to Nazareth, 
where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He opened the book, and he found the place where it was written. This is what he read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and he sat down. Jesus comes in to the synagogue, and it's his turn to read and to teach. And they hand him the book, and they open it up wherever they were at. And Jesus opens it up, this passage in Isaiah, talking about the coming of the Messiah and what he was going to do. And Jesus gets up there and reads this very, very familiar passage that people were just longing for this day to come. I um, mean, think about it. They're, they're in a dusty little town. They're, they're, they're people that are captives, in a sense. They don't have freedom and rights. Um, they're oppressed by the Romans. They're suffering in poverty. Um, everything seems to be coming against them, and they're longing and waiting for this very day that there would be freedom for captives and release and healing and all these things Jesus declares out of the book of Isaiah. And then he sits down to teach, and they're expecting a long explanation, which is what they would do. And I, I get the picture Jesus is sitting there and, and saying nothing, just sitting and waiting. It says here in the, in the verse, it says, the eyes of everybody in the synagogue were fixed on him. And that never happens in church, okay? So it happened here. Whether it's because of what was going on and they were expecting him to say something, um, whether he just gave enough of a long pause that, that you know when people start looking going, so what are you going to do? Can you get, get going here? We're kind of waiting, like the uncomfortable gaze, like did you forget what you're going to talk about kind of thing. And they're all waiting and waiting and waiting. And so Jesus said to them, and it's this whole sermon right here. He says, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Today this scripture has been fulfilled. And if they think, well, maybe it was fulfilled like in Jerusalem or something, he says, no, right here in Nazareth, right where I am right now, where you hear it, it's been fulfilled. This scripture, right now, fully, he's saying, it is fulfilled in your very hearing, in your midst. We discover later on that the uh, people become enraged with him and try to kill him, try to drive him out to kill him. Today, it's fulfilled. What's fulfilled? Provision. He says there's release, there's sight, there's freedom, there's restoration to newness again. And, and, and he declares his very presence among them. He says, not only is it all fulfilled, but the one who fulfills it stands right here in this little town, this little synagogue, right in your midst. Verse 19, he says, I'm coming to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Um, the favorable year of the Lord was the year of Jubilee. Um, every seven years in the book of Leviticus, uh, it was told that they were supposed to, um, re- people were supposed to be released from their debts. Um, if you would get your land back, um, it was a way to kind of set things all straight again. Um, we have no idea whether they were practicing that at this time. It, it appears that <clears throat> they had not practiced this for a long time. Um, probably because it was a disadvantage to the people that had the, the money. So they're not going to give it all back, and the people were oppressed. They were oppressed by their own people. They were oppressed by the government. And here Jesus comes along, and he says, I'm proclaiming the favorable year of Jubilee. Many commentators believe that this was actually the year it was supposed to happen. It was one of those seven years, one of these great years where there's a reversal of debt 
and responsibility and burdens and everything that's supposed to be taken back and, and brought. And Jesus comes in and declares this incredible, wonderful news. And he says it's there in their midst and in his very hearing. I think that this is actually Jesus' mission statement. If you were to write something, what was his statement that he came to do? He came to release people. He came to set captives free. He came to bring healing. He came to bring his, his provision. He came to bring everything that the year of Jubilee would do. is just take all the burdens from the people, every burden you can imagine, to take them and lift them out and cast them aside. And he says, right here, right now, it's all fulfilled in your very midst. And Jesus, if, we, if you read the rest of the Gospels, we know that he proceeded to do exactly what he said. He went out and he set people free. He preached the gospel to the poor. He gave sight to the blind. He set free those who were oppressed. He continually preached the fact that God's favor could rest on people again. The disciples watched him do it, and the disciples later on did it themselves, both in the Gospels as well as in the book of Acts. And this mission statement he gives is really a call to the very things that we're looking at in our five values. Um, it's a call back to the Lord first. Um, I like that picture of them all looking at Jesus. He's the only one who can provide this for them. They're all looking at him. It's a call, like our first value, a call to make Jesus the center of all that we do. It's a, it's a call to his word as he takes the word and he preaches the word and preaches it to the poor and he actually reads out of the word. It's the word that reveals the life that's theirs. In our value statement, we have number two. We're talking about the centrality of God's word. God's word speaks truth to us because we forget the truth and jesus comes along and brings his word again um, we talk about the fact that we're stored to the lives of worship which is exactly what it means to be released here and to be brought back into our first relationship with god again as our lives become worshiping lives um, in all that we do there's a restoration to community here if you notice these verses who are the people that jesus proclaims to it's the outcasts people that were blind and now are on the outside, people that were in chains, people that are oppressed, people that are poor. They're all the people that were pushed out. And Jesus preaches a message that those people are all brought back in again. That's what community is, bringing people in, bringing them back together, feeding them, and growing them up in the word um, to enjoy it again. And actually, Jesus, as he brings the disciples on board, gives a demonstration of what that community of people looks like when you bring people from all over, bring them together and form a new community that preaches exactly this message. And then lastly, as we've looked at our values, this issue of restoration, we join God in the work of restoration. That is the heart of what this is. The end result of that is Jesus bringing restoration to lost people on the outside. As I said, a few people said yes. Um, they said yes to, that there's a new way to live. Yes to the fact that there's a new way to live together. And yes, that there's a, a way to live for purpose, which is what Jesus plays out for them. There's purpose here. There's intent here. I've, I've come to offer something to him. And as I said, many, many, many people, and actually in his own town here, ended up driving him out um, and sent him away. Today, um, Jesus' declaration, when he says, everything I've read here, it encompasses everything that was ever said before, everything. He says, it's all fulfilled right here in your midst. It's all for you. That's what he does. That call is as fresh and as new and as powerful and as tangible as it was the day Jesus stood in the this, in this synagogue and said it. When he came in, in his home person, he declares to them, I'm here. The kingdom of God is in your midst because I am here. The God of heaven is here right in your midst. And here is what I'm calling. I'm going to do this, and I'm calling you to come along with me to do the same thing. And that call is for us today. 
It um, hasn't changed. Um, and all these thousands of years since then, that call goes out again and again and again. And as a church, we have to come back again going, we have to hear that call saying, he says the same thing. It's like Jesus got up and he would say, I am here in your midst. The kingdom of God is here. As a matter of fact, because of the Holy Spirit, he would say, the kingdom of God resides in you. And as such, you have been called to join me in preach and release the captives and sight to the blind and freedom to the poor and all these kinds of things he lays out, as well as the entire spiritual burden, the unburdening of our lives as the year of Jubilee comes along. We've looked at in the book of Ephesians the fact that in Christ we enjoy the fullness of Christ, all the fullness of Christ in us. We don't just get a piece of it. Um, the end of Ephesians says we are his fullness in the world. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, meaning I'm dead and gone. Um, yet not I live, but Christ lives in me. Therefore, whose favor is on us all the time? Scriptures tell us God's favor rests on his people. In the year of Jubilee, the, the favorable year of the Lord is, a, um, I believe, a, supposed to be a moment-by-moment, moment, everyday reality for believers today. Um, every day is a, a day that God wants to reverse things and bring life and, 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 and strip off burdens from people and to use his church and his people to do it for people who know nothing about it. They've never even heard the word. Um, God's favor rests on us. Therefore, this year of jubilee that he declares and he calls us to participate in um, is ours all the time. Um, I think I shared this the other week, but that, that message... Just that, that little simple truth, um, we could just sit here in quietness for about half an hour and think about that, and we wouldn't quite get it. Um, because we are so physical, and it just seems so far away sometimes. And we, we see things go on in the world, and we think, oh, gosh, it doesn't seem that way. And our own struggles don't always change, and so we wonder about it, and yet the, the, the declaration keeps coming back from again and again. God's favor rests on us. The year of Jubilee is for us every moment. God is, Christ has come with his presence, made us part of his kingdom, and his drawing and his call to us is just the same today. And the wonders of what he can bring in releasing that, he says it's yours. It is yours today because I'm here and I'm in your midst and I'm here to do the work. Um, his love is poured out on us um, and he wants us to pass it along to others as well. Cameron, I'm going to have Cameron is going to come up and um, we're going to do a song and I'm going to do the other side of this. Um, I think we've done this once. We had a, a video of it, so you, you may be familiar with the song. You may have heard it, so if you can sing along, do it. Otherwise, just, just listen, but it's a, um, a fresh call for us to, to embrace Christ's call to mission um, as well as to carry out his mission. So let's sing and then we will um, kind of give some focus to why we look at the values in the first place.